Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm not sure I want to do this now. Just taking me. Back. <laughs> that's a good start. That's a good start to the pod, AP, mate. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome back to Royal Rouge Podcast. Um, as you can hear, I've I've managed to rope AP into doing this today, which is a bit of a it's a bit of a hospital pass. This one, mate. You know, day after Boxing Day, everyone's still kind of either drunk or hungover. We've just had to watch Tottenham play against Brentford in what was a should we say challenging, challenging watch? Um, how have you? Let's. How have you enjoyed Christmas, mate? Have you had a good time? Yeah, I, I think I, I've uh, set the record for the amount of uh, mince pies and uh, a, a kind of German, Germany and Italian Christmas cakes you can eat. So, <laughs> you, you, you got the sweet tooth. Then is that is that your your Achilles heel? <laughs> I think I've got many kinds of teeth. I've been eating loads of sweets and savoury items as well, so you can't leave those out. Like one of those, is it like cows that have got different stomachs for different seasons and stuff like that, or something? Or is that is that some sort of urban legend I've picked up on? I don't know. I, I, swear, think, I think they have multiple stomachs. You know, that. they do. Yeah, I, 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 it's the only explanation for what's going on down there. To be fair, <laughs> in terms of size, yeah. Where uh, did you? So I take it you managed to watch the uh, Brentford game yesterday. Yes, I did. I I, um, I was I was optimistic uh, heading into the Brentford game. It was on uh, uh, Amazon, so uh, I happened to have that through via Prime. Other services are, are available, obviously. Um, and yeah, and it, it uh, nearly ruined uh, <laughs> Boxing Day. <laughs> well, that, that's my first question. What did you make of it? Because it was it was difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, um, difficult is I suppose the word. It was. Um, a challenging watch, especially with family around. You couldn't really. I had to res- like withhold my swearing. Normally, I can just sit in front of a laptop and just kind of swear away. But this time, I was in front of in-laws, and it was very difficult to watch that kind of game where you you two nil down at half time, and the anticipation obviously has been built up from um, the end of the World Cup. Obviously, during the World Cup, you just kind of like yeah, you just want all the players back fit and everything. And uh, yeah, you get to the actual game, and uh, and they give you that really. So. Um, that was difficult, shall we say, that first half. It's quite weird, isn't it, the whole mid-season break thing? Because it's not, it's not anything any of us have had to, you know, come up against before, right? They they do it on the continent, but they're doing it on the continent not after having played a World Cup halfway through the through the season. Um, it seems to be that I think it's us after is it Man City who have had the most players out in the World Cup playing the most minutes. Could you, I mean, we do want to sort of look into this. We do want to sort of understand the effect that the fatigue or, you know, be it physical or emotional will have on the players who are out at the World Cup. 
But it didn't really look much different to the way Tottenham were playing prior to the World Cup, did it? Did could could you obviously we had Lloris missing, we had Romero out who's still probably pissed against a lamppost somewhere in Buenos Aires. Um <laughs> So it's, it's kind of hard to know really the, the proper impact the World Cup's had on us because I didn't, I didn't see anything aberrative. You know, it, it, that's the way Tottenham have played all season, right? Yeah, there, uh, there wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't something that uh, was cropped up that would change our minds or, or give us reason to, to give them, uh, the, the, I suppose, an excuse as to why a performance would come out like that. But it was... Uh, it was, it was. I always say this, but it was an odd performance, wasn't it? It was, um, as usual. Obviously, we went down the two goals, and you do hope that it's down to fatigue. But then we had quite a few um, players that had something to prove in there, and actually, the players that had something to prove in there didn't. I, I felt like let down by them. Right, for instance, uh, Forster. Uh, you know, it was it was very kind of lackadaisical. Uh, Dyer didn't play many minutes of the World Cup anyway, did he? So no. there's no real excuse other, other than jet lag. I don't know what you could probably say. Um, uh, and Basuma, you you think he'd come out, you know, um, with gritted teeth, just uh, determined to stamp his um, position in the squad, uh, well, squad first eleven. Uh, he had a big opportunity and he just seemed to fluff his lines. He, he was tripping up over the ball and stuff like that. And uh, it just seemed a bit comical by half time. We almost, we really needed half time to come kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, very, very worrying. Let's look at Basuma because, I mean, this is a player who hasn't gone to the World Cup. He spent the last month supposedly in some sort of intensive training program with Antonio Conte. And he was one of the worst players on the pitch yesterday. He was, maybe the last 20 minutes, he grew into the game and started to show us a bit more what he can do. But that's not enough for a guy who we've seen be one of the most exciting prospects in the Premier League for the past few years. And I'm sort of trying to toss up in my head because, I mean, it may it doesn't even have to be, you know, one or the other. Both of these two things can be kind of, you know, work in tandem with one another. But... I am always in sort of thinking to myself, do we just have a player here who looked very good playing a very specific role in a very specific, not Pacific, specific system under Brian Potter at Brighton? Graham. Graham Potter. <laughs> Who's Brian Potter? That's an actor, isn't it? <laughs> all the same. They're all Potters, mate. Um, yeah. Harry. Harry Potter. I need to look up who Brian, who's Brian Potter. He's a bit, <laughs> that's the guy oh, from Phoenix Nights. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main the main character. Uh, <laughs> I thought what you'd be uh, watching this Christmas nah. season. <laughs> a lot of Phoenix Nights. <laughs> uh, Graham Potter. He looks like a Brian though, doesn't he? Um, yeah. You can but, pass one. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're rusty, mate. Well, I am at least. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, same. Don't yeah. Uh, Graham Potter, he's uh, he's he's played this very specific role under Graham Potter, but but also, right? The guy looked like you were saying he looks like he's fluffed his lines, but the guy he looks nervous, man. Like yeah, do we do, we, the do confidence. we have to start blaming Conte a little bit? Do we not for I, this? Where do you go? I think like <laughs> obviously you want to you you don't want to be kind of a negative Nancy about all of this, but you do look at. Everything, don't you? You look okay. You say, "All right, we we've got the play." I think we've got good players. I mean, you look at it. Obviously, they don't look good now. Obviously, because we're in like I suppose poor form. I don't know what you could describe it as. But um, the who's the glue holding it all together? It's Conte. So you have to look towards the manager and say, "Well, 
is he doing enough? I, I started asking myself that question after the game. Well, you know, obviously it was a decent comeback. You know, it could have been quite, I don't know if you could call it spectacular, but it would have been a great comeback if we got the um, third that came off the crossbar from Harry's header. But, um, yeah, you have to start looking towards the manager and saying, is he sending out the players with the right, right mentality, first of all? How come when players arrive, they um, it seems like he's kind of coaching them out of whatever confidence they had uh, in their, their, you know, their previous um, club? So, I mean, even with Richie, he's, he's, he's like, when he's coming, he's played on the right rather than the left. That, that's his preferred position. We saw how devastating he can be in the World Cup coming in from the left or, or playing right up down the middle. So there's, there, there are certain things we have to ask about Conte. We can't kind of let him get off scot-free um, in all of this. Um, and as you've probably, you've probably been on Twitter and seen the, the kind of rage, the, the, the fiery rage that is building up on there about obviously Enoch and, and, and Conte and whether we, um, whether we can do better. You know, Potch's name has come up a few times, hasn't it? Well, it has, and you know, but we don't need to get into that one, to be honest, because it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those culture wars in, in Spurs Twitter at the moment. Um, <clears throat> I just think, yeah. you know, I think I'm, I'm getting to this sort of point with Conte now where, you know, I've always been sort of lukewarm on the guy. He's obviously a good manager, I guess, to a degree. But I'm also like, we've had quite a lot of time with him now. And I don't, number one, I don't get, I've never gotten much warmth from the guy. And I understand that. Like, he might be the type of person that he doesn't particularly act like that. But it feels like at all times he's always trying to treat himself as, something separate from the club. I don't really feel like he, he loves the group of players. I don't really feel like he particularly likes the club or the fans, you know, barring a clap here and there every now and again in a sort of slightly performative fashion. Um, I think he really likes us. I don't think he loves us. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, maybe that's it. You know, he's just doing a job. That's fair enough. But is that is that enough, really? Is that Because I, I kind of feel that you need to... You need to really love the club. You need to be really invested in what's going on here. If mm. Tottenham are to succeed, if we are to get somewhere, because we're always going to be, we're always going to be a club that's going to be up against it with Manchester City there, with a team like you know Manchester United who can still spend a lot of money. Liverpool seemingly have a lot of spending power. Chelsea, I mean, they don't really have a very clear spending pattern, but Todd Bowley's still spending money. And yeah. you know, we just we do we you know what you know what the proposition is gonna be with at Tottenham. Um that he's I do feel Yeah, go on. I was gonna say, I do feel that um the other managers, if you look across the top four, maybe in the top six, a lot a lot of the other managers are just all in. You know, they're all invested in the, the players, the culture of the club and look stuff at Arteta like that. in particular. You know, I hate yeah. uh, people this is one of those things that, you know, it's apparently it's not the done thing to compare to them down the road. But I think it's I think it's completely relevant. We're two teams now of well yeah, we're of a similar stature. We have a similar <laughs> spending power, seemingly. We have a similar kind of turnover that you know, all of these kind of things. We've caught up with them in that sense, right? Yeah. And seeing what they're doing right now I guess is kind of how they were probably feeling when we were flying under Pochettino a few years ago. I think there's a lot of similarities there, right? There's a lot of kind of, yeah, like I say, there's just a lot of similarities there. And it is, it's a tough watch at the moment, seeing them play not only the type of football that they are, but having that type of belief, that type of core unit who all seem to be bought into something and all seem to be playing above themselves 
to to make this happen. And I think the, the main thing that I felt about Spurs, and this is post-Pochettino, it's not all on Conte. We're talking Mourinho, talking, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo for his short time here, and under Conte so far, is that I couldn't really tell you what we are. What are Tottenham? Other than a kind of team that waits to hit teams on the counter. <laughs> You know, because yeah. that it feels like that. Yeah. What, what, There's what, no set. Yeah. What no is set. everybody supposed no. to be bought into? Because it feels that when you raise these questions, especially on things like Twitter, that you just get kind of like beaten back with, "Well, you're part of the problem. He's a serial winner." Well, that's great, but we're not talking about what he's done previously. I'm talking about what he's done right now, and I don't really think we've got much evidence of somebody that's carrying the club in any sort of direction really yeah well you've got if you listen to obviously all of the the tactical discussion it's all formulated around the the wing backs and, and how you know we've got all these these kind of awful wing backs what happy that they say we have but i, I think to be fair i i look at doherty he's not that bad he's, he's actually he's not amazing or anything but you should be able to get something out of him a tune out of him and um yeah, obviously we've got the you know the, on the left side as well we've got parasic is I mean, we saw how uh, dangerous he can be during the World Cup. Obviously, he was playing so a, a lot higher up, so he didn't have to cover as much of the, the field. But he's a dangerous player from the left side. So I don't think we are, like, you know, uh, kind of mid-table in terms of our, our wing-backs. I'm not sure why he can't get something a little bit more fruitful out of the players uh, from the first half and from the, you know, the, the blow of the first whistle. I'm not too sure what where that lethargy comes from. It's very mm. weird. And, it, and it's starting to become a habit and, and i think he's very aware of it at the end of the interviews he was saying he's it's not what the ninth game in the row in a row that we've fallen behind uh from uh, literally from uh, the first half and had to come back in some days some days you won't come back you know and uh we, we just need to it, it's it's not it's it's just not good really because you can't build anything if you're always starting from coming back coming from behind you're you're always kind of having to to fight back rather than take control over anything um uh, it just feels like we're chasing all the time and it's uh, it's very frustrating very frustrating but do you think it's a conscious thing do you think it's something he intends to do no <laughs> no chance he, uh, he's a cautious guy he's a you can tell he's a very you know, superstitious he's cautious so i can't imagine any of this is uh pleasurable for him have uh telling everybody okay everybody calm down you know absorb a few goals and then in the second half we've got the firepower to get us back into it i don't think he's saying that i think maybe he, he might be saying kind of conserve your energy in some way in terms of kind of allowing them to to kind of run about a bit and press all over the place get tired and then we kind of do that in the second half but i there's no chance he's asking eric dyer to slice the ball off the field um or he's or he's asking you know forster to to kind of Pour at pour at a, a save, you know what I mean by kind of <laughs> kind of scoop your hand towards yeah. the ball and, and and not kind of put the other hand on it and catch it. So um, I don't know. He's not asking them to do these kind of strange um, uh, errors that he, they keep producing. So um, I'm not sure what's going on in training. They've had long enough. You know, a lot of those players didn't go to the World Cup. We obviously we had quite a few, but the players playing uh, on the weekend. The, the starting 11, they, they had been back for a while, you know what I mean? So it's very hard to put your finger on it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he says he doesn't need any more centre-backs. That's been the latest soundbite. But 
you know, I think I think people are kind of looking into that a bit too much. He's not going to go out and say yes, we definitely need a centre back because if we don't get one in January, he's just shat on all the <laughs> all the centre backs he's left with, and also it's a signal to all other clubs that we're de- we're in desperate need of one. So the price goes up and whatever. I understand that it's a supply and demand market, right? Yeah, but. We really, I mean, that to me is our biggest weakness, right? That that defence. I mean, the wing backs especially. Perisic, great, but we need somebody else. Destiny Adogi, who knows how much he'll play or not next year. I'm not convinced it might be another Jed Spence situation we've got there. You know, he's a young player, but we know Conte wants these off the, off the peg. Exactly, ready-made, off-the-peg players. We definitely need a right wing back. I didn't think Doherty was particularly bad, but I didn't think he was particularly good. He was just Matt Doherty, right? Like, he, yeah. he gets up and down the pitch pretty nicely. His deliveries are 50% good. You know, that's kind of... That's where he's at, right? And that's that's what he is. He's a good squad player. Yeah. Is it Domino's Pizza of... Uh, of <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what you're getting, but it's nothing amazing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, Sorry, Domino's. No, it's... Well, yeah, no. I'm, they're not sponsoring me or anything, mate, so I don't care. Um... <laughs> and it was yeah Emerson Royale he obviously had a horror show leading up to the World Cup so it was kind of good to not see him in the team but with Eric Dyer you know I was sort of saying on the little solo pod thing yesterday my bubbles really burst on him man you know like it, it, it is a shame but I'm sort of now completely in that place where I'm like he needs upgrading doesn't he he's just not he's not good enough because it's 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 like with Davinson Sanchez. It's similar with Eric Dyer, as it was with Serge Aurier before. Is it you're just waiting for their next sort of error? You know, they're great. They're good players when they're playing well, but you always know there's an error coming. Um, and you're just waiting for that. And if you, if you, if you want to kind of be a, be successful, if you want to challenge the top... Let's, let's put it this way. We never had that fear with... With the Tongan and Alderweireld at the back, we were never sitting there thinking like, "Oh well, they're great, but one of them's going to fuck up at some point." If one of them fucked up every now and again, it would be a kind of, "Wow, shit." Okay, did you see when who was it? like the Tongan or or Alderweireld? I can't remember when one of them fucked yeah. up at Anfield and Liverpool got an equaliser. Remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah, it comes as a shock, and you think, "Do you know what you think to yourself?" You think, "Shake it off, start again," because yeah. you think the next one's going to happen in like in six months or something. It's not going to happen the very next game. Yeah, but with with Sanchez and Dyer, there's always that element of like, well, you know, we know they've got that in them, and if the players around them feel that way as well, I just it it, it can't be a good thing, right? It's yeah. it's got to be something we got to work on. But you know, Jed Spence again, nowhere to be seen. Wasn't even on the bench yesterday. It's I heard I heard he might be ill there. Really? Okay, ill. fair enough. That's, Maybe that's, that's 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 interesting to know, yeah. um, because. There is just this. See, I'm I'm in a fu- I'm in a funny place, right, mate? Let's let's. It's. I don't want to draw too many conclusions or anything, right? We've just come back from the World Cup. We've got a January transfer window ahead of us. Things yeah. can change drastically. We know this. We know this in football. Yeah, let's not get too pessimistic. Precisely. One game. <laughs> exactly that. And we did. You know, the the important thing is that we did come back. We didn't lose the game. We yeah. did fight back, and we probably could have dash should have won it by the end. We didn't, and you know the rest is history. The thing that the, the the thing that does kind of bother me is this idea that Conte isn't using the tools at his disposal to the best of their ability. Should we say he's he seems to be very stubbornly wanting to stick with 
how he approaches the game. And I can understand that to a degree because I think we do need somebody who is going to push the owners the owners into spending money because they and they are spending money. I do think they are spending money to a degree. But it does bother me that we're not in kind of and people might laugh at this but why our name is never touted with being in the fight for Jude Bellingham for example. Why why are we not going for those type of signings? If we have aspirations of being a club that is going to be sitting at the top of the table, surely now we're in this place and the owners surely need to realise that you you can't just say, oh, well, we spent, what, 100 mil on Lacelso and Ndombele four years ago now and it didn't work out and we haven't been able to shift them. So, sorry, we're not going to spend any more until we manage to get a few quid for either of them. It just football just can't work like that at this level, right? You have to. You make your mistakes. You yeah. have to just keep spending. You have to, yeah. and that's that's the thing. You have to if you want to charge for the most expensive season tickets in the country. If you want to kind of put yourself forward as one of the best clubs in the country, bringing in a manager like Antonio Conte, you surely can't be surprised that he gets all pissy in the way that he does when he sees what Liverpool just drop like that. 40 50 mil on Gakpo straight after the World Cup. They're apparently going to buy Fernandez, the you know, the Argentinian player. They're apparently going to buy Jude Bellingham. You know, you're seeing this this sort of pattern of spending from the clubs around him and I can see why he gets annoyed. But then also it annoys me that I feel he is perhaps a bit too dogged and isn't Keen to adapt, you know, with with what he does have at his disposal. So I, you know, I don't really know where to funnel any of my frustration, and and as well, I funnel some of this frustration at just these players and just this idea that we still have a lot of players hanging about f- who have been here for years now, who have let us down on many occasions, shall we say? And they've also, you know, we've had some good times with them. They pulled us over the line for the Champions League for top four last year, so you know there is some credit where it's due. It just Everything at the moment, it doesn't feel like there's much cohesion. And I do understand this World Cup mid, mid-season mid break, but this just feels how it felt before the World Cup at the moment, you know? I mean, the whole idea of, of the last summer window was to kind of get the numbers in and kind of bolster the squad so we could uh, preempt uh, uh, you know, this, this busy World Cup period, wasn't it? So we were actually looking ahead and, and saying, OK, once we come back from the World Cup, we should be in an advantageous position against... Uh, even the smaller clubs that couldn't do it because they couldn't afford it. And um, yeah, and, and we, we did bolster. We got like a lot of players in, got a few players out that weren't even kind of doing much or, or playing. And uh, I thought we were in a decent position. We were a, a right wing back away from having a, a squad that should be challenging for the top three. Um, and I, to be to be fair, I look at our squad and I think we, I mean, I, it may sound crazy, but I do think we have a top four squad. I just think some of the players just aren't. Uh, they haven't performed to their their kind of um, the, the, the the kind of their the owner manual, their their sticker value. <laughs> so you you go to like a player like Basuma, you you expect someone like him to step in and and do what he did at Brighton, and he does. If he does anything close to that, then you've got a top four team mm. like easily because you you're taking someone of his ability and putting it into a, a team that was already kind of challenging for the Champions League. So then you add Richarlison, and that's an even bigger uh, step towards that that goal. You know what I mean? So 
it's odd that you know we, we have such inconsistencies really where we have lots of players that do get to rest and um and we've got scope for um other formations um and as you say he's um he's been quite rigid in his uh, thought process with the formations and and tactics and it, that can be frustrating as you you can see the uh, the players are there to kind of switch it up a little bit um for instance if i may throw it out there you know if we do have um, all our strikers available, why not drop Kane in and, and have um, Richarlison and, and Sonny up there to, 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 to press and push the line forward and then the, the ball can break for Kane, who can, who can then feed them. Like, you know, there, there's, um, there's opportunity there, but I, I feel like we're so kind of rigid in, in our thought process. You can actually predict um, our team every game and uh, barring any kind of uh, superfluous in injuries, you know. Well, let's look at someone like, for example, Brian Hill, right? He's, yeah. I know he kind of splits, sort of divides opinion, but we've seen him come on in those European games and really give something to the side, like tangibly really give the side a lift, give it some kind of much needed pace and kind of hustle in the final third. But he just, he seems to want him nowhere near the team. And it, it, it's, it is very hard to understand. It, 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 yeah. it, and I get this. I get the argument that we're not there on the training pitch with them, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you and I, we've watched enough football in our lifetime, right, to, to see yeah. when a player comes on the pitch and clearly makes a difference, clearly makes the side better. And it's not to say that he's going to do it every single game. It's not to say that he will do that if he starts every game. But maybe like just games like tomorrow, would it have hurt to chuck someone like Brian Hill in? I mean, maybe he's ill. Maybe he's not 100%. I, I get this. I'm just talking more theoretically as opposed to in actuality in this sense. But based on a pattern of behaviour that Conte doesn't tend to like using players like Brian Hill. Because I don't know about you, I, I thought Sonny was struggling a bit yesterday. You know? Yeah, I did. You know, I, I I'm a I'm a huge Sunny fan. Yeah. Much respect to the guy. I mean, the guy is playing in a World Cup with, the, with like an, uh, his eye socket was fractured in like four places, and like literally had to wear a mask. He kind of been comfortable doing all that. Uh, like the guy's a hero, but my gosh, he is completely out of whack. And uh, it's hard to say, and it's difficult to point out because uh, you know, the fan base we all love him so much, but he really does need like time at the side uh just kind of just having a break even i mean the guys just played through a world cup huge responsibility uh on his shoulders basically and i just don't think that his mindset will will be there in time for us to kind of need him for for games like the other day we needed sunny to kind of to, to spark to life and um I do, I do think someone like like you know you you said there was a bit um kind of it came across a bit um i don't know what, what word you use but uh it's it's a bit um, I don't know hopeful I suppose saying that we can get uh, uh, Brian Gill in and and that he's going to kind of turn everything around. It's it's not that I think it's the hope that he represents. I think it's the energy, it's this youthful enthusiasm that we need to kind of drive the team forward at points where we just kind of get into a set pattern and routine that kind of tends to die out and then they break on us. And I, I think Sunny Sunny's just not kind of providing the spark that he he usually has. Um, it's probably been blunted by all of uh, everything happening around him with the kind of obviously the, the pressure is massive obviously for South Korea and then the injury and everything and he was in like poor form before that so the, the trifecta of things probably um, affect, has affected him um, I think he just needs to be rested and 
we we do have to trust our squad as as a uh, Conte keeps saying himself you know got a squad there and you know and everybody's there to play so why not give it a go roll the dice a little bit on at least one player in um in a in a match many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you think it is just a temporary thing with Sonny, or do you think time might be catching up with him? Because I'm with you. I, I absolutely love the guy, and I do sometimes get these moments of being like, oh, God, I'm a bit worried that this is kind of the end of Son being Son. But I still, I don't have that temptation. I don't have that kind of thing because I've seen quite a few calls at the moment for let's cash in on him now. Let's because he's 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 only going downhill now. Let's try and get fifty mil for him, like Liverpool did with Mane, and say sort of farewell. But we've seen we've seen what's happened to Liverpool since they've sold Mane. They've they've got they've lost so much of what's made them brilliant over the past few years. Their fear factor, I'd say. Completely, completely. Like, <laughs> Nobody's scared of it. Salah looks half the player he was without having Mane there as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's really affected so much of what they do. And I just think it's... Why are we in such a rush to, to celebrate? We're not really going to get... Let's be honest, we're not going to get that much. They they got, what, 30 mil for Mane? Yeah. And fair enough, he ha- I think he only had a year left on his contract. But we're not going to get much more for Son. Is it? I don't think it's that desperate a sell for a guy who's obviously one of the biggest personalities in the squad, in the changing room. He's a great global ambassador for the club, yeah. and he's he's still going to be a good player for a, for a few years. It may just be that we have to use him a bit differently. Um, I think even and even less. I mean, we could just use him less, and I, I think we just need to be responsible. And, and we we have, I think the club itself, if we if we boil it down just has to look at itself as a kind of uh, perpetuating, continuing growth. Like a, It has to grow, you know. So you look at somewhere like, um, they should look at like Real Madrid. And look, I know, obviously, it sounds crazy, obviously, because Real Madrid have boatloads of money. But you should look at the, the, the big boys and see what they're doing. Like, you wouldn't see PSG, Real Madrid and that lot just go, right, oh, I, I, you know, we love Mbappe, let's just keep Mbappe. They, they're always probing. They're always looking around for the next thing. They're always kind of saying, okay, here's, here's the next young thing. Let's just buy him anyway, big money, and pop him in there. If he doesn't work out, we just, you know, we, we can still sell or we, we'll have an option on, on the next sale kind of thing. So I think we just need to be responsible and say, okay, Sonny, Sonny's had a long period now where he's not been himself. So we have to look at that position. We, we can't just pretend it's not happening and, uh, and hope that, and just hope that the guy comes, comes back to his previous form. Otherwise, in that period of time, we're slipping down the table, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what will naturally naturally happen. Nobody else is standing still, you know? You, you can see Newcastle haven't stood still. 
<laughs> at all <laughs> you can see i, I still can, can't believe how well they're doing it's quite annoying <laughs> to be honest annoying it, 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 it like doesn't it feel shaky either does school. it yeah. it it doesn't feel shaky though you know it doesn't feel like yeah. you know and i've always felt this and maybe that's my <laughs> own sorry. bias about that's no, fine maybe my own bias about brendan rogers and everything like that but say when teams like leicester have been flying in the past couple of years there's always been that bit of me that's thought yeah but it's it's you can tell it's kind of a lot of its vibes and a lot of its kind of players playing at 120%, they'll fall off a bit. But with Newcastle, they just seem solid. They seem like they're playing really yeah. well. They've got a good squad who all are bought into it. And that's that, that's such a big part of it, right? Like, we look at Arsenal, they're bought into it. They just are. Newcastle, they're bought into it. And I just... It, it feels like at the moment at Tottenham, we've got a load of blokes doing jobs, you know? They're not really yeah. there, like, living and breathing for what it is that we're trying to achieve. And what are we trying to achieve, you know? Are we trying to win the league? Or are we just trying to finish fourth every year? I don't, like... What What is our kind of, like, project, you know? I, th I think it's, it's, with our project, you can tell that obviously um lever would be happy with top four i mean he even said it in the documentary is like top four in a cup I, and i think he would take that basically every season top four in a cup but uh i think the fans we obviously we want you know we want glory <laughs> it's what we want it's what we've been kind of we've been raised on on that uh kind of ethos of you know we want we want we want the glory so um when you when it comes down to that i think that that's the disparity between the board and the actual fans is that they'd be quite happy getting that Champions League money going to the Champions League going deep in the Champions League and hopefully getting an FA Cup or uh, you know you know who, who knows a Champions League if, if you kind of get jamming like we kind of did last time a bit and um, yeah I, I think that's the disparity though isn't it really um, I, I, in terms of um, Newcastle and Arsenal and what have you. I think with uh, with them, they built from the back. If you notice how they started their kind of, I suppose, renaissance. You know, Newcastle got Sven Botman in, and um, Arsenal were spending massive money on Ben White and all these lot, and uh, they, uh, they and they bought the um, I've forgotten his name out of the Japanese right back that we were um, interested in as well, and and a few other solid players, and they just kind of built from the back. Even their goalie actually came in fairly recently. So I mean. Yeah, actually, yeah, with Newcastle as well, Nick Pope as well. If you think about it that way, all of it was from the back. The other players, you know, kind of here, not here or there. You know, obviously you had um, Saka, for instance. He was there already, you know, and um, what's his face as well? Um, I've forgotten the other, the other fellow, but I know Odegaard. Odegaard, yeah. A, yeah, he came in as a loan before, so he was there already. So there were players that in the attack were there already. But then if you look at it closely, their defences have changed wildly over the last, what, two, three years? And they've settled slowly. And now, you know, they're reaping the benefits. And I genuinely think if we just stop farting around with uh, with our defence, and we, it feels like we, we're, we're on hopium, copium. We're just sitting there hoping for, like, Tanganga to suddenly become, like, incredible. Or we're just, we're hoping for uh, Dyer to become this AAA centre-back. Uh, we're just, and we're hoping he doesn't kind of, kind of fall into that season where he just has mistake after mistake and it's kind of starting to creep back into his game uh and yeah and we're just hoping that that emerson um 
it becomes Brazilian, <laughs> basically, yeah. at some point. So, yeah, there's a lot of hope when we should just be going, right, Gvardiel, here you go, mate, 120 mil, like, we really need you. You're going to last, what, 10 years? That's worth it, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, 12 mil a year? Yeah. So let's, do you know, let's, let's, let's go and do that rather than, like, kind of sit back and just kind of close our eyes and hope that things get better at the back because it's just not going to get better. I think a good step was um, Romero, uh, obviously a fantastic step forward. I just think we needed to, to be a bit more proactive on the, the left um, left centre-back. And but now we've got Because well, even someone like Romero, right, you feel like he yeah. needs a steady hand next to him, right? Because yeah, he, yeah. he is obviously like, you know, he's a bull of the pampas and all that type of thing. Like he's, <laughs> he's, we saw him in the fucking World Cup final. What a fine and great player he can be. And yes, all right, he did have Nicolas Otamendi next to him who has kind of got his own sort of mishaps in him, but he's still a, a seasoned kind of defender, you know. He's, he's about. Yeah, exactly. He's won Premier Leagues and what have you. He's, yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, Romero is, it's funny because he is probably our best centre-back. I mean, definitely. He's got the most, he's got the highest ceiling, you would say. But yeah. there's still even a, maybe a bit of worry about him, <laughs> him there's needing doubt, yeah. a, him needing a steady hand next to him. So to, this yeah. idea that you know, we just need to spend some money on a really, really bloody good centre back, don't we? That's kind of the long Absolutely, and short. Yeah. yeah, I think we were we were in for Botman, weren't we, at one point? And I mean, yeah, and he just looks <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I think we just need to stop kind of dancing around the subject um, and just go for it. I, I know we love our attackers, but I think our attackers are going to flourish with a good defence. Like once we've got a defence that don't like cack themselves when they get the ball or get nervous on a press, then it just opens up the time and space for our midfielders because then the, the defenders can hold and have the ball and just kind of just pass the ball to midfield with, to the midfield without them having to kind of be under so much pressure that they're losing the ball, they're panicking, they're kind of... You know, not not even getting the ball half the time. They're getting, we're getting the ball kind of sprayed over the top of everyone's heads, <laughs> and um, yeah. So I think that um, we just need to sort that defense out. I think I've probably said. I feel like I'm repeating myself because I feel we just need to sort that defense out. That that get a solid back three at the very least, and just make sure we you know we have decent wing backs. And I think we've got decent ones. So back three just needs to be sorted. Really, it's going to cost a lot, but you know. So, so does everything. Harry Kane, there was a lot made of his penalty miss. Obviously, he let his country down, according to Brentford fans. Um, I mean, that's that's just to be expected, really. You know, I think we're all being a bit precious if we get a bit too kind of like, oh, you know, poor Harry. It's it, obviously it's not nice, but it's football, isn't it? We know it's all part of the pantomime of it. At the end of the day, um, and if that's the worst of what he's getting, when we look at the context of. You know, what happened to the likes of Bukayo Saka after the Euros, then Harry Kane's kind of got it pretty light, to be honest. Um, but there's still obviously that concern. He's still going through a kind of mental turmoil. Understandably so. You know, we don't have to sort of take away from that. I was pretty worried um, about, you know, because I was thinking, like, this is a guy, He's he's kind of got that... American sports, we go again type mentality. I pick myself up. I'll keep running through those brick walls because that's what I do. And in this one, his reaction after that missed penalty, I was like, oh, that looks different. 
this looks like it's yeah. it's hit him differently. Yeah, but that's the most vulnerable we've seen, Kane. Right, right, completely. Yeah. But there he was, leaping like a majestic salmon out away from the clutches of a grizzly bear to head that ball into the back of the net yesterday. You know, and he's just. He's our boy, isn't he? <laughs> you know, he's ultimately. Phenomenal. He's, he's phenomenal. He's, um, I think, what well, he's recently, um, I think it was the Premier League uh, Twitter account tweeted out that he's uh, got the, the 100% record for all teams he's faced. So he's got, uh, he scored against basically every team that he's uh, faced in his career <laughs> in the Premier League, which is a, a record, another one. So he's just phenom- phenomenal. Uh, he'll keep going on. He doesn't rely on pace. He literally relies on his technical ability and that doesn't really leave you. So uh, we should be doing everything to sign this guy up uh, for the next what, four or five years or what have you, because you'll still be going in about four or five years. He's definitely going to get the record as well. Um, if we actually, as I keep coming back to it, sort out what's going on behind him, he won't have to do as much running anyway and mm. he'll just be there to put the ball in the back of the net, which is his job, you know? And um, uh, regarding the World Cup... Um, and, and all the kind of fallout. I think obviously, you know, you know, Beckham had it, Southgate had it, and all. You know, I think we've been through a few. David, even David Batty, <laughs> once upon a time, had it. So um, yeah, everybody's <laughs> Mr. Penn. You remember all that? I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is it '98? Um, David Penn. Batty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cut me deep. Cut yeah. me deep. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and everybody's gone through it. And uh, I think obviously, I think it's almost a. a you're kind of a birthright. Your, your, fan, your fans, or sorry, the uh, opposition fans give you stick. Your fans, our fans kind of gave it back to them with Ivan Tony. Did you hear that chant? No, I didn't yeah. actually. No, what were they singing? <laughs> they said, actually, what did they sing? They said, uh, Tony, what's the odds? Tony, Tony, what's the odds? <laughs> and I, I was just, that's brilliant. I thought, that's football, you know what I mean? So yeah, at the end of the day, you know, he's, we've got his back. And as long as we've got his back, I think he'll be quite happy with that. He scored his goal. He nearly scored the winner. Came off like literally yeah. just came off cut crossbar. He's he's back and he's in the form and he looks like fit. You know, I was expecting him to be kind of slow at the press and everything, but he was he was fast into you know into the press and everything. So I I think um, it bodes well, doesn't it? I mean, the mad and, thing um, is, if you look at he's yeah. got thirteen Premier League goals this year, and for all the talk yeah. about Erling Haaland, he's sat on eighteen. <laughs> you know, like Kane's having another monster season, really. Yeah. They're slow and steady, isn't it? Wins the race. Yeah. I mean, on a on a side note, just while we are on Ivan Tony, he's he is actually a hell of a player. Um Absolutely. Yeah. I would, he's, he's terrifying, isn't he? He's a hell of a player. <laughs> when he's man. on the break, how many times did you kind of like do do a, a queefy fart when the ball was right. going over the top? <laughs> you right. thought, Jesus Christ. He's, 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 on, he's through on goal, isn't he? His touch is great. <laughs> he's composed. Yeah. He's technically good. He's quick. He's strong. He's got it all. Like he's he's actually got it all. And I yeah. just, do you know, what? I genuinely I feel for the guy with this betting because if it's gonna, if he's going to have a lengthy ban or something out of the back of this, I just think like, phew. you know, I, I I understand right. Ivan Tony bets on Ivan Tony to miss a penalty, and Ivan Tony <laughs> misses a penalty. Yeah, okay, I, I get this, but. You know, if he's betting on like Swansea versus Colchester or something, you know, just uh, let it slide. You know, <laughs> a little bit, man, a little bit, and like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's we've got to wait and see what happens it, to him, though. right? It's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Where we got betting uh, companies on the front of shirts. They've got it all over the ad, every ad break. You, you can't get away from Ray Winston. 
I, I don't understand how we can be so hypocritical about the, the betting. I can understand that, obviously, the uh, you cannot bet on your own side. You can't bet against yourself. You can't get family members to bet on what you're doing. I can I completely get that, as you do. But when you're talking about stuff that is external and outside of what you're doing in your field, then I, I think that's I think it should be fair game. I mean, if it's if it's something that is um, socially accepted, it's all over the place. I, I just find it odd that um, we come down so hard on, on, on footballers with that for that. Basically. I mean, it, it does depend on do, do you do we have any idea what he's looking at? Because I've, I've heard people sort of anecdotally say a lengthy ban, but I've never seen anything concrete to suggest that he's going to get banned for X amount of games or whatever. Have we? Have we? Have you seen anything to suggest what no, might happen to him? You know, Twitter man here himself has not seen <laughs> has not seen <laughs> anything. I've not actually really. I've kind of skimmed a lot of it to be fair because it's, it's it's kind of depressing because you, you think oh we're going to take away one of our best strikers in the league for right. something. We've got to make sure it's we've got to make sure that it's for you know something significant. So. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably kind of delve a little bit deeper as the, the um, kind of verdict uh, draws closer to he, the length, basically. You'd imagine he probably, he, well, he basically didn't go to the World Cup because of that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. He's just, how old is he? he, he I think he's older than I think he is. So this is one of the things about Ivan Tony. He's like 35. <laughs> he is. Well, he's 26. He's 26. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah he's just seen it. I mean, he... To me, is very much somebody that we'll see what happens. But he is somebody that Spurs should be looking at, right? Because he's he's great. I think he's a really, really think, good player. I think he'd be. He's 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 kind of um, got the potential to be what um, I don't know. I'm scared to say it, what Darren Bent was. For us. <laughs> should, what, no, Mate, what come Darren on! What, what are you be? saying? That's no. a, yeah. wait, 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 we're trying what to be Darren positive, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what Darren Bent should have been for yeah. us. That kind of. Um, that kind of, um, what do you want to call it? That kind of break of a striker. So, you know, when you've got like, uh, you're coming between two strikers, basically, two periods of strikers. So, kind of like Soldado was meant to be again for us yeah, between, yeah. Uh, you know, Bale leaving and, you know, him there and then Kane coming. Oh, come on, everything kind of everything filler. said that Soldado was going to be great for us, right? It's yeah, so unfair, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. He's meant to be that kind of filler that I think maybe once Kane uh, kind of, Kind of is he kind of dies down in terms of his uh, his streak of just scoring like twenty goals a season. It'd be nice to have someone like a Tony who could come in and score like uh, fifteen to eighteen, and then obviously maybe Dane Scarlett comes through or someone else, you know. So something like that, you know. That's that's my thinking. Don't make me DOF or anything. <laughs> what are you thinking for January, mate? What do, what is priority? For you looking at looking at the game yesterday, everything we spoke about because you know, like I say, uh, yeah, all right, I've fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole over the course of recording this. Of oh, you know, I don't like Conte, I don't like the board, I don't like this, but you know, I, I still hold hold on to that thread of hope that things change very very quickly in football. Five games time, we could be looking at Arsenal having lost three on the bounce and Spurs having won all of their games. You you just don't know. You don't know what football holds for us. But, you know, at this point in time, it does look like we need a few additions. So would you like to see us sign a few players in, in January? <coughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a seasonal call. Absolutely signing a... a kind of, we, we have to. It's impossible not to. If we try and get through it, if we try and do what we've been doing 
kind of like the hopium, the copium, squeeze your eyes together, click your heels, whatever, and hope that like the defense sorts itself out. It's not gonna. So I think we need to go and get someone like um, uh, Pedro Porro, I think it was, that we played against yeah. uh, the sporting player. He, he absolutely tore us a new one. He uh, did, didn't we he? Played, <laughs> was, we played them. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, very uncomfortable to sit back down on, on, on our bums. Um, he just absolutely tore us a new one. And he was... Um, and yeah, and, and it's some, I think once you face players that actually do tear you apart, I think you really do need to look and, and invest in those kind of players. I think uh, Alex Ferguson did that quite a bit. Where he, he, I think that's how he found Realdo actually. He really played a friendly. Um, those kind of players, yeah, we we got to kind of just chuck the chips at them, and and we need that position filled. So why not, you know? And um, I think that that's my main one. I think we also need a. Um, I mean, the dream would be to get the um, the, the centre back uh, to to relieve Dyer and give Dyer some time out and, and kind of rotate them a little bit. Not like I don't like rotating centre backs too often, but some something where you know if he does have a bad game, he feels oh I might actually lose my position, so I maybe I need to concentrate a little bit more for the next game kind of thing. I don't feel he has he, he doesn't ever suffer any consequences for uh, like a poor performance. Like he's going to be playing next week. You know what I mean? So. It'd be quite good to sort out um, a centre back, and um, I'm I'm worried about. Uh, I, I'm fine with cent central midfield, absolutely fine. Um, I'm worried about that left attacking space, or I suppose right attacking space um, when um, Richarlison comes back, because I do feel we need another creative attacker. Um, obviously, Kulu is is uh, demonic in, in in his ability. Oh man, just <laughs> he's absolutely sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kulu, like again, uh, you know, I think they took an assist away from him, you know, that the other day, did that? That was his assist, yeah. He was meant to get that assist for um, Hoiberg, Hoiberg's girl. It went like he passed it into him, and Hoiberg kind of just, I think, it, I don't know, maybe brushed a toe or something, you know, how they kind of uh. I don't know what the word is, but you know how annoying they can be with the, with the panel. Dick, dickheads. That's the word. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think of a less uncouth <laughs> <laughs> dickheads. But yeah, you know how they be, can be real dicks, basically, with yeah. this kind of thing. So yeah, they, they, they didn't give him that. But um, I think we do need someone who can genuinely um, compete with uh, Kulu for the right or the left, I suppose. So, you know, it covers us for... Um, any any happenstance with 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 any injuries or seems like Richardson gets injured quite a bit so we need we need some kind of spark out wide basically that's going to start attacks because um I just think I feel like Sonny he used to be that spark and I feel we're really missing him um it feels like we're hoping again that each game he he's going to turn up and do something it doesn't happen and then quietly it kind of goes under the radar that nothing happened and I and I think that's a really important role he plays. Maybe not as important as like a CM that kind of makes everything um, uh, fine, but I, 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 uh, for, for the team to tick. But yeah, I think we just need to sort out that um, the, the the top left of the field, I suppose, and uh, and, and and the back. Right, Ap. I'm gonna I'm gonna just open the floor for this now because anybody that doesn't want to listen to this part, this is this is coming towards the end of the pod, and anybody that doesn't want to listen to this now, they can they can just switch off. But I want to know your thoughts, mate, on on the Arsenal and how you think they are, you know, doing. Are they going to do it? Because I'm 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 getting pretty worried, mate. Well, goodbye to half your viewers. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus, ciao. Um, 
Yeah, uh, how are they going to do it? Okay, let's. Uh, I've, this this is tossed and turned around like some horrible pancake in my mind for the last like three weeks. I think um, it's quite hard to tell. Some some days I wake up feeling like Christ, like they're going to do it, aren't they? they they're going to, you know, just. You know, no one's going to challenge them. It feels like um, we, they've chosen the perfect season because City somehow got amazing up front, but still can't string together uh, enough win wins to challenge them. It's really annoying. Um, and um, they're not making many mistakes. No. And, and teams that do make mistakes against them just get immediately punished. And it doesn't feel like this is kind of preordained. It does, it does feel a little bit preordained the way that it's happening. It's just kind of spilling one game after another. And I feel like we're, I, I was almost want to stop it with my phys physically with my hands, but I can't. It's really annoying. Um, Arsenal. Um, I think it's uh, it's early to call. Let's put it that way. I think it's early to call. It's making me nervous. It's making me a bit anxious. But it's it's still early to call. There's a bit of hope behind that. But um, we've seen it before. We've seen them kind of fall apart before. But is this the same Arsenal? I don't think it is. Nor do I. That's it's, my big fear, you know, mate. It's very hard to tell. It's super hard. I, I don't think anyone anyone who screams out either way is is wrong, basically. Because they, they're just completely based on kind of either fear or kind of hubris, you know. It, it's just... Is one of those because obviously we finished above them so many times. It's just natural to assume that they, you know, we'll finish above them again. But um, it's dangerous to assume that um, they they can't just continue kind of picking up the points because even if even if they do draw a game or lose a game, everyone else has to win a game. So it's uh, it's it's got to a point now where you, each week you, you're going in there thinking, can this other team beat them? And what's what's pissed me off about the weekend actually more is West Ham if that's us you know, they, do you know what I mean they don't play like that they don't no. play like that against us it's really really annoying it is they're <laughs> awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah like every time is us they're playing out of their skins to the 95th minute and, but when, when it's uh, something like this it just seems like roll over <laughs> belly tickled off on you know off their journeys down what are they 16th 17th so annoying I bet you when we play them they play out of their skins home or away whatever it is standard though isn't it it's just so it's what they do and i mean you know i think the 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 main thing for me on on this is that the reason why i do want to talk about this is because you know we are sort of told to to just ignore them to focus on tottenham not worry about them up the road but as i was saying at the top end of the pod I do think their fate and our fate, are, they're intrinsically tied. Obviously, there's the unpleasant part of us being rivals with them and having to endure all the shit that will come with them succeeding and us failing. That's just a part of football. That's kind of, you know, we've had we've had a good laugh at their expense over the past few years, right? And if they yeah. get to have a laugh at us, then that happens as well. But it's more the fact that really, like I say, we are two sort of, teams of a of a pretty comparable stature now spending power so on and so forth we probably are competing for the same pool of players we are competing for the same you know deals sponsorship deals all that type of thing so i don't think yeah. it's irrational i don't think it's just a being a rattled tottenham fan to be quite worried about arsenal being resurgent and being really good again you know? Be worried. Be worried. I, I, honestly, I don't think you... Either way, you can be worried, you can be calm. But, you know, 
I, I think it's wrong to kind of go out and say like most definitely this all this is going to happen we don't know for sure um I, and you're right yeah we, we are both running around the same stature competing for the same um kind of players it's actually quite frustrating because you see the players they're linked with now and you think oh well, i wouldn't i'd fancy that guy or you know what i mean but whereas mm. before that you, you're talking about them uh, competing for like europa league players that we just were like <laughs> like kind of laughing them off kind of thing right uh, yeah so it's quite it's quite scary that you see them kind of linked with uh Oh, I mean, they're, they're, what's the other one? Is it Murd? Is it Murdick? Something I've forgotten his name. How to spell it? It's like M Y R D K or something. Um, and he was like exceptional in the, I think it was the Europa League as well, and things like that. So you see these kind of top players they're linked with, and uh, I think it's made people antsy in the fan base. I've looked across Twitter, and like a lot of people are very uh, antsy about the the business that they they haven't even done it yet, but they the business they could do. Because I think they realise, oh, they're already like what eight points above. What happens when they then go out and get decent like players to just kind of act as backup? And we we're even we're, we're sitting here kind of worried about the the thin uh, kind of first team squad. <laughs> it's made everybody a bit uh, jumpy and a bit arsy to be honest. But it, it doesn't generally take much for Spurs <laughs> to do that anyway, does it? Um, no. <laughs> No, no, it didn't take much, no. But, um, yeah, I, I think everybody needs to be a little bit calm, I think. Well, let's see what happens in the January window. I think if the January... January rin, bleh, it's a hard uh, tongue twist. If the January window <laughs> comes and goes and we've done nothing because, like, our DOF is in jail, then <laughs> please, pan- you, you have all the you're kind of right to get the picket signs out and panic because... Um, they're going to strengthen. Liverpool is most definitely going to strengthen. Uh, um, what's it called? Chelsea will, will uh, most definitely strengthen. Man United look like they want to strengthen. So, like, all of the top six minimum will strengthen. So, we have to have our act together to, to combat that. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, uh, long old um, half season. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 